Okay, everybody. The Catholic Channel Sirius XM 129 presents the Jen Fulweiler Show. And you got to hold your hands out like what? you're like receiving like a gift. Oh, like I, a, I'm Catholic. Yeah. I don't think yeah. you do that. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that well, explains why there's not the power of the yeah, Lord in my yeah, life. Yeah. Well, there's some other issues actually. I don't know. <laughs> We've seen your Instagram. Yeah. And now from Austin, Texas, here's Jen Fulweiler. Hey there, and welcome to the Jen Fulweiler Show, your source for fresh takes on pop culture and the spiritual life. Your friend Jen joining you here from 2 to 4 East, that's 11 to 1 Pacific, as I do every day. So delighted to have you with me here. It's Friday, so that means we are doing Jen's Jukebox. That is where you call me, and we talk about music. We don't play the whole song because... We don't have the rights to it. <laughs> I'm legally not allowed to let you listen to more than 30 seconds of these songs. But we talk about the songs. I know that my personal playlists grow exponentially after each time we do this segment. And there's only one rule. It can't be a Christian song. This is where we talk about the regular old mainstream music that inspires us. And I am off next week. And if you thought that I'm off for vacation to relax then welcome new listener. You obviously know nothing about my temperament in my life. Nothing even close to vacation next week, but I am off next week. So you will want to get your calls in today. Normally, we already have people on hold, even though we will not start that for an hour. But our phones are not up. But they will be. Our phones will be up. For those of you, probably like five of you, who are already trying to call, our phones will be up. This is going to happen. I feel it. Our phones will be working in hour two. So it's going to be a great show. So I mentioned on Facebook and on Instagram that one of my ki- my oldest kid now goes to Catholic school. The other five are still homeschooled. The, o- the oldest goes to Catholic school. We've already gotten a demerit where it's not even September and we've gotten a demerit for having the wrong sock color. I can't figure out anything with the paperwork, with homework. I'm, I'm just failing at it all. Raising kids is tough. Whether you have kids, whether you have grandkids, godkids that you're looking out for, it is not an easy thing to keep them connected to their Catholic faith. I mean, because that's the thing. It's hard enough to be a parent in the modern world. Guide them to not be on screens. And, you know, that's important to us. Definitely not more than 14 hours a day. That's a hard stop in the full Weiler house. 14 hours and one minute. And I'm like, that's... We've got limits in this house. You can't, you can't do that anymore. So it's hard enough, but then also we're trying to raise our kids to be Catholic. We need help. We need help. And again, even for my listeners, who your kids are already out of the house or you don't have kids. I'm sure you've got nieces, nephews, godkids. This is, a, this is a tough thing, keeping your kids Catholic, inspiring them in their Catholic faith in today's world. And that's why I have the world's expert. There is no human being alive today on this earth who has more answers, who has more knowledge. And after hearing this interview, 
all of the young people in your life will be devout Catholics and, until the day the Lord calls them home. <laughs> Taylor Stroll, welcome to the Gentle Weiler Show. It's the second worst introduction I've ever received <laughs> in my entire Wait, life. Wait, what was the worst? If that one isn't the worst, like, well, I was going for that. The worst? The worst maybe you tied. I'll, I'll let you decide. Uh, I was doing the music for a mass right when I moved into Bryan, which is where I live. Bryan, Texas. Bryan, yeah. Texas, for the first time. And the priest, who's 73 years old, uh, somehow got some wires crossed in his brain. He, he heard that a new person named Taylor was doing the music. The only Taylor he's ever heard of that does music is Taylor Swift. No. So he told the congregation that Taylor Swift would be doing music for that mass. And I walked out. I've never seen a more disappointed group of people in my entire oh. life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, you're right. My, mine actually was number two. You were in the, the the priest has told the congregation that hey Taylor Swift is here right and then Taylor Schroll <laughs> walks like, on stage yeah, did amazing things for my self confidence well that well actually you you are you're a great musician in fact I think Jackie has you created a song for this show I don't know when people hear your musical talents they might actually prefer you to Taylor Swift let's see if I <laughs> let's see if Jackie has it Jackie start it playing if you have it I think we have. The song that you wrote and created, and it and it was and what was it you said on Twitter that if you could come on the show? Yes, you you may or may not have been drinking. No, that's right. I wasn't. I that was. That's right. I was. <laughs> and you said uh, if someone would write me a show, I'd let, or write me a song, I'd let them come on the show. So I did just that, and I just took your podcast description and put it to the music. That's amazing. It's a radio show. It's not a podcast. However. However, oh, but we do release a podcast from the show. All right, let's pause and take a listen. This is better than Taylor Swift. This is better than Taylor Swift any day. Let's take a listen to the fine musical stylings of Taylor Schroll. The Jennifer for show is all you And weaves her humorous stories with insightful commentary on current events. And you said you don't have a podcast, but you do. Well, I do. Well, it's a highlight. Oh, I thought you yeah. meant the SiriusXM <laughs> subscription. Okay, okay, okay. When John Chris was on my show, he referred to it as a podcast. I was like, John, this is not a podcast. Right. <laughs> okay, so so this so I think this is way better. I think this is way better than Taylor Swift. So I don't know. People might have been excited. Now, did you always know that? Well, first of all, where what is your website? Where can people look you up to have them to have you talk to their youth? ForteCatholic.com. F O R T E means loud. I don't know if you've picked up on that yet, yes, but yes. Uh, I was just described by my best friend. Said, "There's only one thing you need to know about Taylor. He's loud." I don't know how to feel about that. Is it a compliment? Is it a warning? I'm not sure. It's a huge compliment i mean you speak you have strong vocals you have a strong presence i take it as a huge compliment taylor so fortecatholic.com is where people can look you up and and so did you i mean did you always know that you wanted to be in in youth ministry well yeah so i was uh, a bad kid growing up i <laughs> thought catholicism was the most boring thing that was ever invented uh i could really? not stand mass or cce 
And then give, give us an age range here, because I know that my listeners with kids and grandkids are like, well, okay, yeah, yeah, I have a kid who's like that. Is there hope? What ages are we talking? So about? from birth until <laughs> the end of junior high. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So like, I we went to, we went to mass every Sunday. I went to CCE or you know, uh, like CCD, CCD religious what, yeah. ed. Yeah, the the terms change. Yeah, all yeah. the acronyms that no one else understands, yeah, yeah, other right. than the people that are at church every week. So uh, I was just bored out of my mind, and I started going to a non-denominational church because they were cool. They had good preaching. I had never heard of that before. They had good music. I had never heard of that being allowed in a church. <laughs> right. You're like, so. isn't this sinful? Like, I'm actually enjoying the music I hear. Right. Going I, to hell. I, I, I could be happy and Christian. I never knew this. Uh, so, yeah, I started going to a non-denom church. Ended up having a, a conversion at a Steubenville conference. I finally got, I was like, look, I can be Catholic and have fun too. This is great. So ever since like all through high school, I was involved in youth ministry. Absolutely loved it. And ever since then, I've wanted to kind of give back what I received. And now I'm, I've been doing that for quite some time. See, I love that, that, that you work in this field and, but you have personal experience with it. And I think there's a place too for people who have always been believers. They've always had that great connection to God. But, but I think it's, I think that that is, that, that it's really important to also have people who can speak to that experience of not being super connected to their faith. I obviously can relate to that as well. And what, I mean, you, you had a, sounds like kind of a moment of encounter at a Steubenville conference. And what, what do you think in most of these stories, when someone has kind of a, a dramatic conversion experience, there's something that leads up to it. The, the way was kind of paved. It's not, it's not like you were completely away from God and then in one instant, boom, 180 degree change. What are some of the things that paved the way for young Taylor Schroll to get to that place that you could have that moment of encounter at a Steubenville conference? Yeah, my, my conversion story isn't as cool as yours, so I don't get to write a book about it. I'll maybe get 30 seconds on yeah, the radio. Yeah, I read so. a bunch of books. Very exciting. <laughs> yeah. So uh, like going up, Going in, going to mass every day, every Sunday, like I was supposed to, and it was required to, even when I didn't like it, even when I went to CCE and, and, and all of those classes, the knowledge was still there. So when I actually encountered Christ at that conference, it was like, I've actually known this person for a long time. I just didn't know that I actually did know him. So then it was, it was, it went from knowledge that I didn't really care about that I just wanted to be like look I can find this bible passage faster than my friends so I can get a piece of candy it was actually I know this person who just revealed himself to me at this conference that I actually connected with for the first time and now he seems like a pretty cool guy that I want to hang out with wow did you have intellectual blocks to the faith I mean did was it an issue for you certain things that Catholics believe in the church teaching or because I know different people have different temperaments and therefore different ways that they connect to God for you was it more of an issue of the, the experiential like I'm just I am not having that I don't feel God when I'm at CCD or whatever it is right yeah exactly so I it wasn't more intellectual for me and that shouldn't surprise anybody that knows me not, not much in my life is intellectual, but it's the, <laughs> it was, it was, you're exactly right. It's the experience of like, every time I go to this church event or I go to mass or I go to CCE, I do not enjoy it. So it's just something that I didn't yeah. really want to do until that moment where I was like, okay, this is something that I, I realized that I could be me and like, who's jovial and loud and still be in church because that like me, I wasn't allowed 
in church. Like the, right. the holy <laughs> right. version of me, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. pretend version of me was allowed in church. So. Yeah. And again, people can have you speak to their group. You specialize in speaking to youth. And I really, I personally recommend you as a speaker, ForteCatholic.com. And, and I know that we, our most engaged listeners are right, right now are people who have kids or grandkids ages, you know, let's say 25 and under who are, they're, they're, they're not, connected to the faith. And I know that they have got their radios all the way up and they're like, Taylor Scholl, save us, get this under control. <laughs> and, and I bet one of the things they're resonating with is is this idea that you can be yourself. You don't have to change who you are to be Catholic. And, and whatever your kid's temperament is, because my oldest child, who's now going to Catholic school, for example, is super, super intellectual. Like he'd could not care less about the experience. He could go to church in a cardboard box. Like, doesn't matter to him. The intellectual stuff has got to be there. And then there are other kids who are more like you were, that they... The they, not smart ones. No, right. no, yeah, no. Yeah. no it's, I, I, I really think this is important. I don't think this is intelligence at all. I think it's just how you connect with people. He connects on piecing through hard philosophical problems and then other people connect more going on gut instinct and, and just talking and... I would say even seeing more of the big picture. So I think both types of people are equally intelligent. They just connect with God and others differently. And I think it is so important that no matter what the temperament of your kid, God kid, niece, nephew, or grandkid is, to start with whatever way you need to approach them, to start by making sure that they know you don't have to change who you are to not just be a good Catholic, but to be a great Catholic. And, you know, if you're into some sinful stuff, like maybe certain behaviors, you'll want to modify that or let this go or let that go. But the person who you are and all of your quirks and all of your weirdness, all the things that make you different, all the things that maybe you even feel inferior for, you you don't, that's who God made you to be. And in fact, you'll be a better Catholic if you embrace that. I think that's a powerful place to start, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Like God created you the way he meant to, right? Yeah, so yeah. Like, right. It's not like he made a mistake and you have to correct that mistake right. to then go hang out with God. Like that right. doesn't make any <laughs> right. sense yeah, at all. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you that's know? a great point. Um, and and like, I like what you're saying about the, like, you know, your, your son being uh, intellectual and that's kind of how he connects with God. There are like these four main ways that we connect with God through our intellect, through our experience, through like prayer, and then through service, right? And like everybody listening, everybody in your church connects with God in, in at least one of those ways and, primarily. And let me repeat that. Uh, the four primary ways, intellect, experience, prayer, and service. And Yeah, and I bet people listening are like, oh, yeah, yeah, for me it's like service, and another person is like, oh, yeah, prayer, like, yes, absolutely. Okay, so go ahead. Yeah, so, like, we all have our heroes that we can connect with. So your son, like, introducing him, I'm, I'm sure you already have, but, like, introducing kids like that to the St. Thomas Aquinas. Oh, I was just going to say Aquinas, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, like, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, all these these intellectual people. And then there's the the um, experiential people who are, like, like these are the people who were, like, like your uh, Francis of Assisi's, for example. Yeah, a man, yeah. man who hung out with the people, who hung out with the animals, too. I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, and then, like, for your people who are they're really into the prayer. You have your mystics who are your saints where like kids can connect with those people. And then in the service, you have your mother Teresa's and I know he's not Catholic, like your Martin Luther Kings, like these people who connect with God by service and change. And like, like you're saying, we're all going to naturally fall under one of those categories primarily. But if we do want to grow, which one was Jesus? 
Jesus yeah. was all for it. Yeah, right? yeah, so yeah. Like if yeah, we want to be good. more like Jesus, let's grow in those other ones as well. That, that's a good point. Accepting the way that you primarily connect with your faith, but also be, being open to growth and being open to change. Again, ForteCatholic.com is is your website. And I, what, what would you say? You, I mean, you go all across the country and you speak to youth groups. You are actually speaking to my son's youth group. So you're, you're, <laughs> that's why yeah. I'm here, I think. Right, yeah, you're right. testing me. Well, no, no, no. Right, yeah, it's like, right, or maybe you're not, Taylor. <laughs> We'll see how this goes. So um, what what do you encounter when you when you speak to young people? What is the biggest thing that Catholic youth are struggling with right now in terms of remaining Catholic, staying in their Catholic faith? I think it's two things. And it's, it's we've kind of already set up this conversation. I do think a lot of it is the intellectual problems like, oh, the Catholic Church hates gay people. Or, or I, how can I believe in a God that I can never see? Like those basic intellectual questions. It's one of those things like, why Why would you listen to me as a speaker coming in to talk about prayer or to talk about confession if you don't think God exists or you hate the Catholic Church because you of what you perceive the Catholic Church hates, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Why would you listen to me talk about anything else? So like dealing with those things, I love just having an open forum with, with young people wherever I go. A- ask your questions. I'm an outside person that doesn't have to be here all the time. So you, <laughs> right, you can yeah. beat me up and then I'll leave and then your normal adults in your life can take take it from there. I, tell, I think every parent is like, oh, oh, thank God someone's doing that. Because we know like you need to let those kids ask the tough questions and they have some really tough questions and we're like, oh, Taylor Taylor Schroll, like whatever millions they're paying you and I know big money in Catholic oh, ministry. You, you, like, like I drove here in my <laughs> Bugatti, actually. I'm well, not sure well, if you saw well, me it, well, it was your chauffeur, right? I mean, oh, surely yeah. you don't. As a Catholic youth minister, you're not driving yourself around. Whatever it is they're paying you, it's not enough. That that you just hey, you, you're like, hey, that they're they're you just have this open forum and you tell these teens, these young people, just hit me. You know, what are your questions? What are the tough things that you're struggling with in Catholicism? There's real value in that. And, and I would say, I, I know that we also have a lot of listeners that they're the, the young people who are on their mind right now maybe don't have a parish that has an active youth ministry that's bringing in really dynamic speakers like you. And so they're thinking, all right, oh, this is all on me. I got to figure this out. And the advice I, w- I would always give them, and I've been excited to run this by you. you, you're the expert, so you can tell me if this is good advice. What I always say is listen more than you talk and don't, and have a posture of confidence and, and a fearlessness, even though you know you're not going to have all the answers. For sure, your 17-year-old nephew is going to be hitting you with stuff that you're like, oh, I, man, I don't know. Why does the church think of that? Do we think that? That's kind of crazy. Is that? Yeah, I mean, it's going to happen. But to bring in this confidence of saying, you know what? You can vent to me. You can tell me what your, your issues are with the church. Um, I probably won't have a lot of answers, but I can find some resources like a Bishop Barron's Word on Fire. We'll have Taylor Scholl come speak or you know, we'll, we'll go to CatholicAnswers.com or whatever it is. But to just have that confidence, I think that's an important witness to our young people to say, I, I'm not afraid of any question that you might bring to me because I know that God is real and I know that he is guiding this church and its teachings. And so I might even be a little confused myself and be like, wait, wait why do we believe that? <laughs> it's kind of crazy when you think about it. But I don't need to be afraid of that because God is truth. And so it, it's funny, my my uh, my kid, again, who's going to Catholic school, there are all of these quotes all over his biology classroom about how, as Catholics, we do not 
ever need to be afraid of seeking truth because in, in the sciences or in anything else, because God created this universe. So, of course, asking tough questions is only going to get you closer to God. And I think when we encounter our young people with that kind of confidence, confidence in God, not confidence that we have all the answers, those can lead to some really transformative conversations, right? Yeah, absolutely. And young people especially appreciate integrity. Yeah, yeah. Where right. you're like, look, here, here's what I do know. I'm not an expert. You keep telling me I am, but I'm not. You know, like it, it's like it goes back to this guiding principle of ministry that um, a long dead pope wrote about. He said uh, that modern man listens more willingly to witnesses than to teachers, and they'll only listen to teachers if they're witnesses. And that's exactly what you're hitting on. It's oh, like, wait, repeat that quote. I want to write that down. That's yeah, really good. It's from this is your fancy Catholic word for the day. It's from Evangelii Nuntiandi. Don't try to spell it. Yeah, it's, yeah, okay. There's was, too many eyes. And I, no one, yeah, we're like, what, what, <laughs> what even are those words? Okay. So, yeah, modern man listens, listens more willingly to witnesses than to teachers, and they'll only listen to teachers if those teachers are witnesses. And that's, that's what you're talking about. Like you are a, are a practicing Catholic. You are, are like, there's some reason that you stayed. So share that, right? Share that. with. Well, them. I got a job in Catholic media. So <laughs> well, yeah. I had to well, contractually oblige not to leave the church. As we've seen, that is not true. <laughs> there have been quite many of your contemporaries do the opposite of that. Too. Well, actually, that's true. Good point. Good point. That's, that is definitely not a requirement for staying Catholic. Good point. And as you mentioned earlier, we do not stay for the pay. That is absolutely not. <laughs> right, yeah. not oh, yeah. Oh, when, people, when atheists accuse me of like, you did this for the acclaim, I'm like, fools, I would have been evangelical so quickly. <laughs> If you think I did this to build my platform? I'm no fool. There is like 10x in America. There is like 10x the market for evangelical content. So that it, you can you can criticize people with a Catholic public presence for a lot of things. One thing you cannot criticize them for is being in it for the money. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and the other thing that you mentioned was being able to find those resources. And I think you're right. You listed off a lot of the ones that are online that are great resources. I was going to suggest it if you didn't. So maybe you're more of an expert than you're, than you're letting on to. But there's all, there was this, um, this study done by some great non-denominational youth ministers that they essentially looked at kids' faith, who stayed Christian, who didn't. And the biggest thing that they found, the biggest link was not simply an online resource as those can, as those can be very helpful, but human resource. Yeah. So essentially yep, yep. they called it sticky faith, right? Like, uh, Kara Powell was one of the main people behind this. And it's essentially that, uh, usually like when, like, I'm sure, have you been a chaperone for kids events at school or whatever? Never. I, I, I play dead. <laughs> I fake my own death. I say I'm sick. I say I have an injury. <laughs> like, no, Taylor. I'm not good at that. It's, nobody wants me chaperoning any events. Like, I listen to a lot of hip hop, so I'd be like, I ain't no narc, you know, if I see something. I, <laughs> Hello, fellow kids. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, anybody want me to buy you some beer? Like, it's really it's really best if I don't try to do that. That's not my skill. But it's okay. So let's, but I bet we have, I have good people listening to this channel. So I, I bet they have been chaperones. So what was yeah. the point? So yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> the point wasn't to throw you, you under the bus. You did that yourself. I just want the record to show right. that you, um, <laughs> I should have stopped asking questions. Apparently. Right, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> Leading me on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but essentially, like for chaperoning th things for school, it's like you need one adult for every eight kids, which is why most of the people at the school are disappointed w about you. But uh, <laughs> that and so many other reasons, <laughs> yeah, the socks. Uh, <laughs> right, so, yes, yes. Uh, essentially, these people flipped it and they said instead of having eight eight kids to one adult, you need five to eight adults per kid. And this this so essentially in your son's life, 
who like you count you and your husband don't count because y'all like y'all are mandatorily right. in part of his life. But who are the other five people that are influential in his life that are these witnesses that oh. may not be the they don't have to be the most intellectual people, but who are the people that influence that have an influence in his life um, that can speak into some of these questions? Because a lot of times they they don't listen to mom and dad as right, much right. on certain things, right? right? But they will listen to their basketball coach, to their youth minister, to their CCE teacher, to whatever. So who are those other people that are being the witnesses for these young people? Taylor, oh, I, I, I think that actually you're bringing up something really, really important. And this is why people hear me on the show saying all the time, guys, community matters. Community, community, community. I think people are like, oh, Jen's talking about community again. Like, I can't with this. But this is exactly why I'm always telling my listeners, you have to be intentional. Because this in this society, it does not happen accidentally. It does not happen naturally. You must be intentional about fostering a sense of community, especially with your Catholic friends. It, of course, we should be connecting with everyone. But you should especially be making sure Especially if, if you don't have a parish that has a strong parish life or your kids aren't going to Catholic school and, and you're just a little bit disconnected from the Catholic world, have a dinner party. Make it a potluck. Make it easy, whatever, and just invite some Catholic friends that you know over because that sense of community is so important to you and especially to your children. Even if your children don't know these people that well, just to see the witness. Oh, look, oh, that there's another family. Oh, they do the Catholic thing too. And right. all right. And these, these kids, even if I don't click with them, I hear them referencing, Oh, okay. They go to mass. You know, they know who the Pope is. They, their family does a rosary every now and then. And, and I think that it, it's so, so important. That we have that sense of connectedness to one another because faith was not meant to be practiced alone. And so you, you say that these, these ministers who studied what helps kids stay strong in their faith is that they had these people in their lives outside of their parents who could witness to them in different ways. And for many of us, that kind of network, that kind of community is not handed to us. We have to go out and I don't, I don't think it's too strong of a word, Taylor, to say that we have to fight for our Catholic social network and our Catholic communities. Yeah, absolutely. Like as parents, you know, you talked about people who this is especially important for parishes that don't have a strong youth ministry program or CCE program. It's like go ask people to play this role in your kid's life, right? You, you, there are people, even if you live in a small town, there are people, uh, uh, a, you know, usually it's a wide range of age groups. You know, you have like kind of like your your grandparent role, an older person that's that's wise and can share into their life. You have the kind of hip teenager because, you know, we're old and not cool anymore. I mean, like that, that's <laughs> yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. And like, you'll never be cool to your kids. Like Will Ferrell's kids don't think he's funny. Like, come on. Yeah, like, <laughs> right, right, right. yeah. So, you know, and, and that's something, Taylor, that I, it's, I, I actually read. It was, a, it was something online, a Facebook post or a blog post. I, I can't recall where I found it. But a woman was saying that she felt very lonely because her husband is deceased and they didn't have children and she was in her 60s and, and they had also recently moved to a new place so, so she didn't have a lot of friends. And it, it was a very deeply moving thing about the, the loneliness she felt. And, and this woman is Catholic. And I was thinking – well, I, oh, the lady moved to my town. Like, I see such a role that you could have in our family. Like, do you want to take my daughters out to lunch and mentor them? Do you want to come to my house for dinner, share with us what you've learned about the practice of your, your Catholic faith? And so I bet, you know, if we have listeners, maybe they're, they're not 
in the active duty of raising kids right now. Maybe they're college students who have a little bit of a lighter course load this semester or an empty nester or someone, again, someone who's retired and is not involved in their own family for whatever reason. The the families who are in the active duty of raising kids need you. And you could add so much value just by putting the word out, hey, if you've got a, a teen who's struggling, having a tough time, if you want me to take him out to lunch, take him out to coffee, just chat with them, chat with them about the faith. I'm, I'm not an expert. I, I can't tell you that I can answer all their questions, but I'd be happy to be a mentor if you know, you know, a Catholic young person who needs a mentor. I think that would be a, a tremendous service. I, I can already think of like 10 kids. I'd, I'd go sign up for that. Right, absolutely. Ten of your kids, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. ten kids with the last name Fullweiler, right? right yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, and it's it's the, one of those things too that a lot of people like when it comes to like we're always asking people to help chaperone things or to be small group leaders or to be spiritual guides like at our youth groups. But this one of the biggest points that we've been making this whole in our whole conversation is like you don't have to be anything special. Like you are someone who is just your quote unquote normal everyday Catholic. And by taking this young person out, out to lunch and just being yourself and having a regular conversation with them can mean so much uh, to them. You don't have to be this trained catechist to be influential in a young person's life and to help lead them closer to Christ. Yeah, and, and, and that's uh, one of the things I want to make sure we hit before we run out of time is this. Uh, another thing I want to emphasize is you do not have to be an expert. You do not you don't have to be Bishop Barron with all of the answers about everything ever in order to be a witness in 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 young people's lives and in order to be a mentor. One of the great things about Catholicism is that our intellectual tradition is so robust and so rich that the reality is nobody has all the answers. I mean, even I know people who have PhDs from Notre Dame. They've they're 60 years old. They've spent their lives studying this. And even they get hit with questions where they have to say, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, let, let's let's look that up. I, I'm really not sure. And it, you also mentioned the idea of being a bridge, being a acting just as that bridge that keeps our young people connected to the faith. And it you, you, being a bridge is about presence. It's not about answers. It's about presence. And And an example I always give is there is a my, my grandparents. They spent most of their adult lives in Mexico and in South America. So when they moved back to the United States, they became very connected to the Mexican immigrant community. So I grew up around these immigrants who were truly the poorest of the poor. They came from utter devastating poverty in Mexico. They did not speak a word of English. And they were the kindest people I have ever encountered. And they were all super Catholic. And Taylor, these to this day, I mean, they're still part of our lives. I just spoke to one of them recently. And as I was starting to explore faith in, in adulthood, when I was in the process of converting to Catholicism, a couple of these women in particular were a bridge for me. And let me just tell you, coming from the type of poverty they came from, and given that they didn't speak English and my Spanish is muy malo, the, there were not a lot of heavy theological conversations happening. But you know what? That's there are books. There is Google like the answers were out there. What I needed was someone to just show me that they loved their Catholic faith, even if they didn't have all the answers and that they loved me and that and I felt the love of God coming through these people. And they were really the perfect 
bridge for me, even though their their poverty. I mean, one of them in particular can, can barely read because she simply did not have that opportunity in her life. And so no matter what your education level is, no matter what you know about your Catholic faith, it doesn't matter. Just having that loving presence is enough, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. And like people like that have been really inspiring to me. Like I've been blessed to go on a bunch of mission trips, like including to Mexico and seeing people who are the poorest of the poor. And they have way more faith than I will ever have. Oh, <laughs> way. It's, oh, it's not oh. even close. Well, and faith and gratitude. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the story that blew my mind was that well, I was talking to, to one of the to one of these women and she was talking about how her mother was left in this level of poverty. They did not even own blankets. They did not have pillows. They did not have beds. That's how poor they are. They slept on dirt floors. And and, and her mother had seven kids, was was so grateful for everything. And one day a local bar owner was resurfacing his pool tables and he took pity on them and he gave the woman I was talking to. He gave her mother the 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 felt the you know that that covers pool tables. He gave it to her, and it was enough that she could use that felt, the discarded pool table covering, as a blanket for each one of her children. And she rejoiced, and she was so thankful to the Lord for His providence. And I mean, she was she was full of gratitude for this. And man, if you want a reality check about being ungrateful. Like whenever I feel like I don't need to work on gratitude in my life, I think of that story and I'm like, wow, what what have I thanked God for today? Where have I looked for his providence and seen it? And it's, you know, looking at people who have that level of faith and gratitude, it can be a really transformative experience. You need to put a picture of her on yeah. your cell phone before you do all your Instagram stories. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, but then I wouldn't be on Instagram. You're right. But what would my Instagram stories be if I'm not self-pitying, complaining about some horrible problem that I got myself into? It's like my own fault, but I'm acting like a victim. I mean, that's pretty much like what I do. On Instagram stories, <laughs> they're funny. <laughs> it's well, people can be the judge of that. They can follow me on Instagram, Jennifer Fulweiler. Look at my Instagram stories. Are you, you're just Taylor Schroll, or are you Forte Capital? At Taylor Schroll on okay. Instagram. Taylor Schroll on Instagram. I insist that people hire you to have you come out and speak if they have any youth events. But I, you do a great job speaking to adults too. I just really encourage people to look you up at ForteCatholic.com. We are about out of time, but I want to play again for anyone who missed it at the beginning of the show. Want to play again the song you wrote. And it, it's funny. Jackie, go ahead and start it playing. And it's funny. I had forgotten that this wasn't just a Twitter story of you first being on the show, but it was a me <laughs> drinking on Twitter story <laughs> that I, I, I'd, had, I'd had a little bit of wine. And I go on Twitter and I, I say, yeah, anyone who writes a song for the show can be a guest. You wrote this song that we, that we hear playing in the background we booked you as a guest, and now you're great. You're fantastic. So I think the lesson here is we should all drink and get on Twitter more often because God brings good out of that. Absolutely. I actually just got a message today that one of the people from the Titanic only survived because he drank a bunch of whiskey from the boat. What? Yeah, That's so amazing. Whiskey saves lives. Whiskey saves lives. All right. Whiskey saves lives. Drunk treating is, gwa- is great. <laughs> wow. Now I can't even talk. It's going to be a long show, guys. But luckily, we have Jen's Jukebox coming up next. Taylor Scholl, thank you so much for joining oh, thanks us. Thanks for having me. We will be back with more right after this here on the Jen Fulweiler Show. With insightful commentary on current events and she interviews fast.